You're listening to the Busy Businesswoman podcast, episode 53. And today we're talking all things Pinterest with Connie Baker from Integrated Copy. Now, Pinterest was the fastest standalone site in history to reach 10 million unique users in 2012. And since then, it has gone gangbusters. At the end of 2019, Pinterest reported having 322 million monthly active users worldwide. Now, while nearly one third of the those users are from the US, the number of users outside of the US is growing rapidly. Pinterest gained around 51 million international monthly users in 2019, compared to just 5 million in the US. So it is growing rapidly. And full confession, it is a platform I've not got my head around. And I don't really know where to start in terms of using it for my business. So I'm really looking forward to getting stuck in and finding out the why, how and what in today's episode. Hi, I'm Faye Hollands and I've been helping time-strapped women in business improve their productivity and profit for well over a decade now. And in this podcast, I want to share with you the highs and lows of growing a successful business so that you can avoid the pitfalls, fast-track your progress and build a business that booms faster. This is the Busy Businesswomen Podcast. Hey ladies, Faye Hollandsy, and thank you so much for joining me and tuning into another fabulous episode of the Busy Businesswomen podcast. Now today I'm very lucky to be talking to the fabulous Connie Baker from Integrated Copy. Now if you're watching the YouTube video, Connie, give us a wave because you can all see her. Hello, hello, hello. And Connie is a smart cookie. She knows a thing or two about lots of things, but in particular for this podcast today, it's pretty little platform Pinterest and how you can use it to grow your business. Connie is a very experienced content and social media manager with a little bit of a wild side, which I love for this podcast. She's got the qualifications. She's got a marketing degree, the copy editing and proofreading diploma. However, she is so much more than that. She is much more interested in letting you know that she specializes in working with the renegades, rebels and rule breakers to remove the blah, the beige and the same, same from online content. I love it. She creates words and strategy for those willing to step outside of the box, to bend the rules, to use the power of words, to evoke emotion, to create change and to build real human connection. This is content and social media written for humans first, not bots, SEO or algorithms. And she knows that all inside out, but is much more interested in writing that shows the real you faults and all, which is exactly why she's my kind of gal. So without further ado, I am stoked to welcome Connie Baker from Integrated Copy onto the Busy Business Women podcast. Connie, welcome. So thrilled to have you here. I think we're going to need more than an hour because you and I can talk the hind legs off a donkey or whatever that phrase actually is. Uh, but thank you for giving up your time and coming to share with us your guruness. Uh, and in particular, yeah, I know, look at that guruness. Everyone hates the word guru, but come on, you know, a thing or two about lots of stuff, including Pinterest. So I'm very keen to get stuck into that. So let's start first of all with a bit about your story. How did you end up being your own boss? Well, overall, because I threw a little tanty. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was working, I was running a copywriting agency um, for somebody else and it just, it wasn't really making sense to me because they were treating content or copywriting and, and social media as two completely separate 
you know, business functions and, and, and marketing channels. And that didn't align with what I saw happening is that they needed to be integrated. They needed to work together um, because they just had so much power when they did. And also I'm a little bit cheap. So I, you know, I don't want to be reinventing the wheel over and over and over again. I wanted to, to create some, some awesome frigging content and then just share it um, yeah. everywhere that yeah. I absolutely could. Um, so I, yeah, I threw a bit of a tanty and I sort of said to, to, to my husband, you know, I, I can do this. Um, and from, I suppose my experience with him, he had had his own business for, for years and years and years. And I saw him and I'd get pissed off because that's what we wives do a lot of the time. You know, <laughs> I saw him wearing all these different hats, you know, he had to be, you know, he had to run his business and do his core function. And then he had to be part HR and, you know, legal and accounting and workplace health and safety. And it was the time when, you know, social media was starting to kick off. Um, you know, he had his first website built uh, mm-hmm. by somebody else. Cause I, I had no idea at that point what, how to do it. Yep. Um, yeah. And I just saw the, him being pulled in all these different directions, which of course takes him away from his friends and his family um, and trying to do it all. And you, you just can't do it. So I started with the, the kind of the ethos I was going to work with small business. So I would do what I did best so that they could do what they did best. So I can take yeah. a couple of hats, not a hat girl, but you know, I'll wear them. <laughs> um, you know, I could take a few things away from them off their plate so that they would be less stressed, that they would get best practice. I mean, this is, you know, social media particularly and, and all digital, it's moving so fast. Yeah. If we look at where it started, you know, 10 years ago or, or 16 years ago for Facebook, um, I remember because that's how old my daughter is. <laughs> I think about it. If we look at that and, and how fast it's moved in, in that 15 so years, you can't keep up if you're also mm-hmm. trying to run your business. Yeah. Um, so I do that for them. I'm a stats geek. I'm a demographics nerd. You know, I stalk Bernard Salt. Like that's the kind of girl I am. You know? <laughs> and everyone's going, who is that? Google him. He's all kinds of fabulous. But, yeah, that's my background from market research. So I've, I've sort of taken, you know, my years of background in market research and kind of gone, okay, I can take all those little skills and interests that I have and turn that into something that's actually going to do good yeah. um, and have return on investment for small business. The beauty of online is that it's given us a bit more of a level playing field. Um, you know, the plumber down the end of my street can compete against a plumbing company that's got, you know, an actual full-time marketing manager if they so choose to these days yeah. um, because we're all working on the same platforms. So it's exciting and, you know, it turns out I'm, I'm better off working for myself than other people. Yay. I love those success (laughs) stories. And for so many of us, you know, I know for lots of our listeners, our businesses have born out of wanting to escape corporate or seeing, you know, these things that weren't going so well and thinking we can do them better. I love what you've talked about there. You know, so many business owners try to wear so many hats and get burnt out in the process. And so, you know, we have the opportunity when we're smart about the way that we spend our time to look at where we can outsource and where our strengths are and social media management and comms and and copywriting are spaces that, you know, I'm regularly asked for referrals on because they, you know, they're so important to our marketing and they're not strengths for so many people. So we're better off to focus on what we're really good at and get someone else like you to focus on the things that you're really good at. Um, 
Yeah. So I love that. So let's talk a bit more about the industry that you're in because, you know, I I know when I see in Facebook groups, for example, somebody will ask for a social media manager or a marketing, uh, um, a copywriter, for example, and you're a fabulous wordsmith, you know, you're comms expert, social media marketing manager, they're all spaces that I see as being quite saturated now, which is the same as my industry. Like there's business coaches all over the shop, right? So when somebody asks online, can you recommend a social media manager or can someone do my Facebook ads or my copywriting? There's hundreds of people that come out the woodwork. What do you do to market yourself and really set yourself apart from everyone else so that you're getting to work with your ideal clients? You want my secrets. Yeah, just maybe one or two at least. Just just between us, right? Yeah, no one else is missing, don't worry. So so interestingly, like my niche is, like you were saying before, like the the renegades, the rebels, the rule bakers. So Mm. essentially anybody who's just, you know, not beige um, and is prepared to kind of have a bit more of an interesting voice. But interestingly enough, I find most of my clients via LinkedIn. which is really, really weird because it's the so unsexy platform, you know, and it's one that I... beige of them all, hasn't it? (laughs) It's so so beige, right? (laughs) Um, So you would think that would be like the complete, you know, opposite of of where I would hang out. But um, I found some... I mean, I've got two parts of my business. Um, I have agencies that I work with, which Mm -hmm. I can do beige. I could do that. Um, And so I do white label work for them. So um, I become part of their team. Mm -hmm. And then I have my retail people, which are more my rebels and and, and my rule breakers. Um, But I find find the bulk of my agencies via LinkedIn. But every now and then it's interesting because someone will pop up and sort of go, I love your tagline. Um, and which is basically, you know, words and strategies for the renegades, the rebels, the rule breakers. That's it. It's nothing, you know, whiz bang, but they'll kind of go, you know, we all kind of want to be seen, particularly men. I think they want to be seen as a little bit of a bad boy. Um, so I suppose (laughs) my style kind of suits them a little bit and no one wants to be called average or boring or beige. Mm. Um, so yeah, LinkedIn is where I found it. Most of my, my work is word of mouth. Um, I've been doing this for a while now. Um, I, I'm very fortunate that in Australia, in particular, the freelance community of creatives, which takes in copywriting, social media, you know, videographers, photographers, PR, mm. all of that stuff, and then copywriters, um, we're an awesome community, actually. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give a shout out. Kate that. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. If you're an asshole, you don't last very long in those mm. kind of communities in Australia. Um, we work together. We refer to each other. We brainstorm together. You know, it's an amazing, Kate Toon's the clever copywriting school. The community that she's built is, is unlike any that I've ever been a part of. Yeah. The other one is the freelance collective that Nina Hendy, um, journalist extraordinaire from Tasmania has set up. Mm. They are just amazing. They, again, I get a lot of work um, referred to me through those groups. We're all verified. Um, yeah. So they know that we are legitimate, you know, Australian freelancer. We're not going to be sweat shopping it overseas yeah. or anything like that. Um, and not only do we refer work, we collab because I'm huge. Um, you know, I hate the word competition. I love collaboration. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's where I market myself just in terms of adding value and being present. Um, I don't do anything special. I don't throw money 
at it. Every now and then if I've got a great offer that I want to kind of put out there, a workshop or something like that, I might chuck yeah. a couple of bucks at Facebook advertising. But I I don't do anything fantastic. I just show up consistently and I'm me. See, there's the magic right there because I know that a lot of people will be listening going, oh, wow, so she's not spending a fortune on Facebook ads or Google ads, but that last bit was gold, right? It's the consistency. You're showing up, you're there, and you're there regularly. Um, And I'm the same. I I have not – I can't remember the last time I spent money on Facebook ads. I don't run any advertising at all, but I show up consistently. I focus on generating leads organically, um, and it can make a massive difference. Of course, you know, if we threw money at Facebook, because there might be even more coming in. But right now, I reckon you and I are both okay. So uh, if you're sitting there thinking that, you, particularly if you've just started your business or you're in a bit of a lull and you've got to throw hundreds of thousands of dollars into Facebook ads, you absolutely do not. But you need to get the fundamentals right and have that consistency. And often is that C word that is missing. I feel like I'm going to get my ranty pants on with this, but I won't because I'm going to go straight into Pinterest before I get (laughs) overly excited about consistency. Oh, that'll come up. (laughs) Well, yes, exactly. It's probably a nice segue into it, right? So let's get stuck into Pinterest. I was super stoked when you put your hand up and said, yep, I know a lot about Pinterest and I'm happy to come on your podcast and run a masterclass for you. So I'm like, this is something I know my clients, my shine community, and then the broader busy business women community have been thirsty for for ages. And that certainly showed when I popped up a post yesterday, because suddenly I asked in the Facebook group, what do you want to know about Pinterest? And there were loads and loads of questions. So full confession, this is not something I really know anything about at all. I use it to find new hairstyles, landscaping landscaping ideas, and most recently, researching guinea pig cages because I bought three baby (laughs) guinea pigs at the weekend. (laughs) And it is amazing what is on Pinterest when it comes to guinea pig cages. Anyway, uh, so I I've got a bump. Yeah. I've been there too. For that too. <laughs> wow. I just, I digress slightly, but I used to think that guinea pig cages were just a wooden cage on grass because that's what I grew up with. Hell no. Oh, no. I'm out of my depth right now with these three babies. <laughs> anyway, uh, I move on. There are levels to them and yeah. ramps and all sorts of like, like plush blankets and. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very different world. I don't know what I've got myself into. (laughs) So I got a bunch of questions from the Busy Business Women Facebook group. And for those of you listening, if you are not a member of our awesome community yet, jump into the show notes, busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 53, and go check out the link and join us because you too could have been asking Connie questions today. Okay, so let's get some clarity on how people should be investing their time on Pinterest because... I know it's not a channel for everyone, right? So Paula Maddens from Paula Maddens Building Awesome Teams asked, is Pinterest just for business to consumer businesses? So Connie, what type of businesses are best suited to using Pinterest as a marketing channel and why? Okay. So regardless of whether you are B2B or business to consumer, whether you have a service or you have a product, Pinterest can work for you. Okay. However, we need to then look at, again, like any other platform, is that where my target audience hangs out? Yeah. 
Okay. So like I can see why Paula was saying, you know, it's, it's not for her, but then the more that I sort of looked into it and thought about it on her behalf, the more it actually does make sense. And we'll just be specific for the moment for businesses. Uh, so B2Bs to be on Pinterest. Um, this Pinterest is essentially where people are going to buy or engage with people and, and businesses to become their ideal self. Okay. Yep. So think about it this way. If, if Facebook is where we connect with friends and family mm-hmm. and LinkedIn is where we, you know, connect with HR manager, headhunters and business associates, then Pinterest is where we connect or reconnect with ourselves. I know that sounds a little woo-woo, airy-fairy, but <laughs> that's essentially what we're doing. And we'll pull a little Insta into the mix. So if Instagram is um, aspirational, mm-hmm. then Pinterest is inspirational. So okay. I'm going to Pinterest because I'm already in discovery mode and I want to find those things that are going to help me become who I really am, okay? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean personal. That doesn't just mean hairstyles and renovation, like paint colors, because that's what I use Pinterest for, <laughs> um, or kids' party favors and, you know, all of that stuff. Yep. It could be, and Paula, I'm glad she popped up because it's an awesome example. It could be that I'm on Pinterest because in my business self, I want to be better. So if we think about if so I was looking at her name. So she was saying, Paula was saying she's a consultant who helps business owners grow their teams, make management and leadership feel easy. Yeah. Now imagine if Paula popped up a board, you know, off the top of my head, like you're becoming a leader made easy. So she made a board, mm-hmm. like, like a vision board, but a board on Pinterest. And she starts pinning infographics, stats, inspirational quotes, her top tips on how to become that fantastic leader, then chances are as long as she's got those pins set up correctly, those people who go, holy hell, Paula knows what she's talking about, Mm. they'll click through to her website and engage her services. Yes. So, right, chances are I'm not looking for her business while I'm on Pinterest, but as a person I'm looking for her business. Right? Yeah. We have to go back to 101 of marketing. People buy from people, not from businesses. Yeah. So, you know, I'm there as a person but still wanting to make my business life easier. Um, I just was looking at some of it. Like one of the, some of the searches um, around business-to-business business on Pinterest are phenomenal. Um, small Business motivation, that as a search term is up over, oh, well, let's just say, let's say around 200% in the last year. Wow. So, you know, small business marketing's up 181%, small business plan, 164%, so 164%. Branding wow. inspiration, 231% in the last year. I reckon year. half of those are me because I'm always on there <laughs> Googling motivational staff. You know, but like packaging, packaging design is up, you know, like 837% in the last year. <laughs> Gosh. But here's what will blow your mind though. We So all these people are doing all of these searches, looking for all this business stuff, but 97% of the results that are returned is unbranded content. Yes. Well, everything I find, yeah. Right. Imagine if Paula came in and went, right, I'm going to have branded content about business motivation. So when someone throws that in, her stuff comes up, again, goes through to her website or to her lead magnet or wherever she sends people. Imagine what that could do. 
That's really interesting because I've often thought, you know, when I go onto Pinterest and find these nice images of inspirational quotes, they're unbranded. So mm-hmm. I know that the theory must be, well, they're putting their stuff up and often it's artwork and that's a whole other conversation about sharing people's artwork, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they're relying on the click-through to their website. But I often think, well, imagine if it had your name on it, had your logo on it, how much more powerful would that be? Mm-hmm. Something I also want to touch on, right, because I haven't had, I wasn't intended to talk about this, but I think it's really important that for us to think about Pinterest is a search engine, right? So it's unlike Instagram (laughs) where we, you know, you're talking about it being inspirational and you're looking for pictures. It it is a search engine and that's a very different way of thinking about it from a lot of people, I think. Yes. It's more so than any other social media platform. It is an SEO engine. That's what it is. Um, And I think once businesses start to kind of click into that, Mm. I mean, it's a whole new ball game. Um, and if you can click into that before your competitors do, yeah, you're winning again. And again, I said I hate that word competition, but let's be real. I mean, they're, they're there. So, you yeah. know, we need to make sure that not only are we there, but you know, we're there first. So, you know, I personally have a business account on Pinterest now. It, it hasn't had a lot of love lately because I said LinkedIn is where more so mm. my people are. Um, but it, in terms of... I would say be have a business account, be present as a business on Pinterest for SEO reasons, for your brand awareness. Um, pins actually have fantastic longevity, okay? Um, they will stick around and, and keep, again, more bang for buck. They will keep working for you for much, much longer than a, a tweet, which is a matter of minutes, mm-hmm. um, you know, a Facebook post, which is a matter of hours. You know, these things will hang around. These pins will hang around for months. Um, and it gives us a competitive advantage and it helps our content to be much more visible. It's going to increase that. We just got to need to, again, be consistent and make sure that we're doing all the right things, but they're not difficult things. And having a strategy behind it instead of just, I think it's one of those rabbit holes that you can go down. And if you don't know what you're doing, you can waste a lot of time and get absolutely nothing back, which also comes into making sure you're looking at your ROI. Are you looking at your numbers or are you just kind of playing around with pretty shiny, sparkly things and getting very distracted? (laughs) Okay. Talking of which, because I could go down many rabbit holes here, let's talk about um, locations. Now, as we heard in the intro, Pinterest is growing rapidly and it appears that its reach is extending significantly beyond the US, which is exciting. But the general feeling I got from the questions that I got asked yesterday in the Facebook group were that it's flooded with US products. So is this a platform that us lovely Aussies can get a return on investment on, do you think? Well, yes, as long as you, again, make sure that your keywords, your hashtags, your descriptions, all of that stuff is set up correctly. Yeah. Really. So, I mean, like the numbers for Pinterest are huge. Like they're absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. Like it depends on who you're, you're trusting, you know, 250, 300 million users. In Australia, it's, we kind of like conservatively say about 300,000 people are using Pinterest like actively. So every single month they're right. on there. Um, and that doesn't sound like a huge number, but you have to remember these people are in discovery mode. They are ready mm-hmm. to buy. They are, they're expecting your branded content. They're in, you know, they're, they're, appreciating it, they're wanting it. Um, so when we kind of go, that's actually 300,000 is not a huge amount, but they're engaged already. 
That's yeah. so much better than and and when we look at stats like you know you go <laughs> so you go into Facebook and you kind of scroll through you know and you spend you know your time doing that then you get off and you go my god that was a waste of my time like yeah. what am I doing with my life so Pinterest people don't find that right they'll go on Pinterest and they'll go through and they will actually consider it to be time well spent. Yeah, that's such a difference. Yeah, they engage these people. Mm. I mean, and you know, a lot of people, men, it's men are on Pinterest. Don't discount them. If that's your audience, they may not pin, but they're there and they're ready to spend their money. I was surprised by that. I know you mentioned that to me before and I looked at some stats yesterday and I was really surprised. I can't remember what it was. It was something like 40% of dads are on Pinterest. Um, I wish I'd written it down now, but I was surprised by it because I really did think it was, um, you know, pretty much all women. Uh, And the other thing, based on what you were just talking then is, you know, when I think about Facebook and when I think about, for example, putting up, like if I was to do a Facebook ad, the purpose of my ad is to not so much to get someone to buy at that point, but to stop the scroll because people are on Facebook because they want to catch up with their friends and family. They're not necessarily looking going, I'm going to go find myself a business coach. Now I'll scroll through my Facebook newsfeed. Whereas the gist I'm getting with Pinterest is when somebody goes onto Pinterest, uses it as that search engine and starts looking for something in particular, they're already at that point of wanting to know more, which is very different to Facebook. Mm. They're in that discovery mode. They're yeah. they're ready, um, and again, they're they're already looking for that branded content. And this is the thing: a lot of the searches are returning. You know, ninety seven percent of it is unbranded. So again, that's and that's when I think people are going to start. If we don't step it up, they're going to start to get really you know discontented with with Pinterest because you know I'm there. I'm looking for something. I want to throw my money at it. I want to buy mm. it but I have to kind of navigate through all this unbranded stuff to find somebody. Um, Or then I find it and it's branded. It's got their logo in the corner and I can go fantastic. Awesome. And then I click on it and it takes me nowhere. Yes. Like that's frustrating. So you have to think that these people are on there. They're searching. They're ready. Um, It's now your opportunity. it's, it's, It's now up to you to take that opportunity and, guide them to where they need to be but I think it's it's definitely worthwhile for Australians Mm. um and if you exciting yeah it's it is exciting I think it is Definitely. So some other people that think it's exciting is uh, the fabulous Shalini Nesta from uh, Swish Biscuits and Swish Baking Society, which if you haven't checked it out, you really should. She asked, what makes a good pin? Now, what do people actually want? Are they just pinning things through a vision board or do they actually click links? Now, I read that 47% of pinners log onto the site specifically to shop, which is what you're talking about, right? Making it nearly four times more effective at generating sales than any other social platforms. Now, those stats are from the US, but I was surprised with those when I was researching it and surprised by the buying power that Pinterest appears to have. So what do you think gets people actually clicking through rather than just kind of vision boarding? Well, one really, really simple one is that it has a little like shopping tag in the corner of your post. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I know that it's, it's, you have something for sale. Um, it's, and it's quite simply, it's, it's just that little visual thing can make all of the difference. But the other thing is they want to, what, again, we're back to consistency. Um, if they click on your pin and the description is filled out, 
that, you know, it's going to take them directly to your website where they see that is still you because there's that consistency between your boards and your pins and your website, then, yeah, they're not going to just put it on a board, a vision board and forget about it. Yeah. Um, it's And it's quite simple. What makes a good pin, ooh, okay, secret, secret. <laughs> okay. So Facebook, this is going to make it really, really easy for you to remember. Facebook mm-hmm. is about the faces. Yeah. Okay. Pinterest is about the things. Okay. So, and I, I love Swish Biscuits. I just, I stalk her. They're she's so, so stunning. Oh, yeah. She's so amazing. <laughs> so if you, if you're not, if you haven't stalked her, go stalk her. Uh, yeah. But also, do you remember the Pav platter? Yes. Do I remember it? That's what I did I at Christmas. Like, yes. I've always done that, but it, like that, that post took my Pav platters to a whole new level because I feel like I had to keep up then. <laughs> for our listeners, if you haven't come across it, Oh, sorry, Connie. I'm just going to explain the path platter. Shalini popped a post yeah, up yeah. In, onto Instagram with a you know a deconstructed pavlova, and instead of having like a cheese grazing platter, it was a pavlova grazing platter, and it was awesome. And it went off, and it went viral, and it was just beautiful. And now I'm really hungry. <laughs> now what <we want> pav? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so why that actually would have done really, really well for her on Pinterest as well is, again, thing, no faces, okay? So what we're finding is that if your pins have no faces, they are 23 times more likely to be repinned, okay? Because, again, Mm. right? So we, again, it's inspiration and I don't want Kim Kardashian to be on my inspiration boards, like, but I, I, but something like what, you know, that, that pav, you know, platter deconstructed all that goodness. Like, seriously, I would repin that. Um, because again, like I will make that. Um, and if I had some of the biscuits that she does, like those tutorials, oh my Mm -hmm. God. Um, you know, I would repin that and I would click through and I nearly did, but I was just so disorganized, like to get her to do one of those beautiful biscuit cakes for my daughter's birthday. Do you know, just again, the, the power for something like that, because she has visually stunning products. Yeah. It's huge for her. Again, just making sure that you've got, that she has the best practice. Um, you know, so making sure the faces are out of it. So again, it's different from where we used to tell everyone on Instagram stuff, show us your behind the scenes, show us your face, show us who you are. Pinterest is different. And this is what a lot of businesses struggle with is that we don't really want to do that. Mm. You know, share your behind the scenes stuff, but keep your face out of it. Um, and then people will be more likely to repin and, you know, the average pin is repinned 11 times. If we've got a face, out of that, then again, that increases our chances that we're going to be repinned more. I think that's really important for those of us that are service-based businesses, uh, like in the consulting coaching space, who often will have our faces on stuff because in the Facebook land, we often, you know, need to, and particularly Instagram, whereas Pinterest, like just keep your mug off of it, Faye. (laughs) Put an inspirational quote up, but do not put your face there. (laughs) It's the things, but you know, like the light, the, the, you know, the globe that you've got behind you, the light bulb Mm. behind you, like that sort of stuff is perfect. You know, your office, you know, your, your podcasting setup, all of that is great. But, you know, again, keep your mug out of it because that way they're more likely to repin it. Um, And like products is easy because you, you know, that's, Service is that bit trickier, but again, just think outside the box. Pinterest 
keeping mug out of it is actually quite easy for me because I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't like it, but I feel like I have to. So I'm, I'm leaning even more towards Pinterest now, that I I don't like it, which is great because I need new <laughs> branding shots. And I'm like, I just, I've put it off for about eight months so far. So I'm, maybe I'll just go full blown Pinterest now in my marketing. Well, with, anyway. my, with my, with my photos, like a lot of the ones that I use, I've like kind of got my head down and stuff like that. So you can't yes, really tell it's me. So it's awesome. That. I could just reuse those on Pinterest <laughs> and not be worried about it and not offend my photographer. <laughs> Brilliant. Now you've talked about or made mentions of, you know, having your pins set up right. And I think uh, what I'm hearing from that is, and it goes back to search engines, right, is you can't just whack up a pretty picture or like say for Shalini, pop up your PAV platter and then just do nothing else with that. There's a lot behind the scenes and maybe it's not so complex, I don't know, but you can't just whack that up and expect to suddenly go gangbusters on Pinterest. So this probably leads us in nicely to kind of talking about top tips. I know lots of the people that commented on the Facebook group posts were like, just give me all the stuff. I know nothing. Where do I start? <laughs> so for those of our listeners like me who don't really know where to start, I have got a business board set up um, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. If they want to use Pinterest as a marketing tool in their business and not just that personal vision board, what are your top tips for getting started? Well, this and this leads into like what we will be talking about more in depth in the masterclass is have a kick-ass profile. I mean, that is where they will want to see your face. Um, they will want to know, you know, you're great, you have your tagline in there. Again, that needs to be consistent with where you are everywhere else in the digital world, but have that great profile. Explain really clearly what it is that you do. Uh, again, make sure that your bio is is awesome. Um, number two would be to verify your domain, okay, your website. So many people miss that step. And Pinterest are really awesome in sending you all those like reminder emails going, verify your domain, verify your domain, yeah. listen to them and read their emails because they're full of like juicy little tidbits. Um, but verify your domain. Otherwise, chances are you can have the best pins, the best boards, you know, and it's not going to actually have any return on investment for you because you just haven't bloody verified your website with them. Yeah. Uh, three, again, follow best practice for your boards and your pins. And that all comes back to making sure that you have a great description. You've got 500 characters if you could be friggin' bothered. There's <laughs> the copywriter. <laughs> So, sorry, just to clarify, so that's 500 characters per pin, per image, per that per you can pin, kind of pin. give some kind of description and tempter to get people Tell to Tell your story it. and, yeah. you know, yeah, all of that sort of stuff. However, a bit like your Google meta descriptions, your first 50, 60 characters is all that's actually going to be able to be clearly visible. Okay. So, um, don't stress over the 500 characters, particularly if you're short on time. I'd rather you have an absolutely awesome 50, 60 characters that's going to be seen than having 500 characters of complete bullshit waffle because yeah. you think you have to use it all. Um, again, something strange for a copywriter to say, but I just said this to a client the other day and I won't tell you how I literally said it to her, but the, the, the kind of the paraphrasing of it was when you had finished telling your story, just stop. Lacey. Yeah. <laughs> Stop writing. You don't have to use the whole 500 characters, but it is great because that's where you're going to put your keywords. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are never going to keyword stuff because like Google, Pinterest doesn't like that. 
Sorry, what do you mean by that? that? When you said you were well, not you know, do you remember years stuff? ago when websites and keywords and SEO first became a thing and we'd kind of go, okay, you know, copywriter. And, you know, you want everyone to like, you want to come up in all their searches for copywriters. So you put copywriter in all oh, the time. Oh, yeah. And it just doesn't read well at all. It's really annoying. Yeah. Right? Again, we're writing for people. We're writing for humans. If you do that but are still mindful of keywords um, and your phrases, like just write for people and it will come naturally. Um, as long yeah. as you sort of make sure that your description is there with your keywords. Um, if you are selling a product or a service, and this again flies a lot in the face of other platforms and websites and things like that. But prices, put your price in your description. Oh. Um, so, so is that just for products or would you do that for services too? Well, across the board because we're getting pins that have prices in them are actually getting like 35% more likes. Wow. So obviously people, again, because they're in that discovery mode and they have money to spend, they're ready. Yeah. They're obviously appreciating that you're not bullshitting around. Here's the price. Here's how much it costs for a session with me, for me to write your website copy, for you to buy these amazing Swish biscuits. Yeah. I really want now. Um, <laughs> you know, so you put the price in, then we're going to get those more likes and that, that better engagement. So that's best yeah. practice for your description quickly. Um, again, put your right hashtags in. Okay. Don't go nuts like Instagram. Don't be a wanker like Facebook, you know. <laughs> use relevant, okay. Don't don't stuff it in there where it doesn't make sense, but use relevant. And, again, if you're trying to uh, appeal to that Australian market, then make sure that you're using, you know, geographical hashtags and your location. Because mm-hmm. as, as Australians, like, we, we want to engage with and, and buy locally, particularly yeah. at the moment. You know, we, Absolutely. we're all... Yeah, we've been through a rough trot. So if I can buy something, if I can buy a beautiful biscuits, you know, from Melbourne, she's in, I feel bad now. Yes. Um, yes. If I can buy them from Melbourne, then I'm going to do that yeah. rather than, you know, importing them from, from the UK or something like that. So make sure that's kind of covered in, in your hashtags. Um, make sure that you fill in your alt text. Again, this is like if you have it on your website, you make sure you fill in your alt text, uh, alt text so that Google and all of that will find your images. Yeah. Um, so, you you know, you even when you're on Google, when you do a search, you do an image search, heaps of them come up and they're from Pinterest. Yes. Right? That's where they live. So, again, make sure that your alt tags, alt text is filled out yeah. um, so that you can be found on Google as well. Great. Awesome tips. Yeah. So what's coming up for me now is I'm wondering, is there a recommended number of times you should pin a day or week? What kind of volume are we talking here? Um, from Pinterest themselves, they, they recommend that consistency to them is once a week or is weekly. Oh, God, that's got a whole load better. (laughs) I know, but I don't, this is the thing. This is where I get my ranty pants on. Um, I don't give a shit what platform you're on. Um, you know, I can sit there and I can find stats for you on your industry and what time of day is the best time to post and what days are best and how many times you should be posting per week or per month and all that crap. If you want stats, I'm your girl. Yeah. But post when you've got something to friggin' say, okay, because you're just going to lose people and piss them off if you're posting just for the sake of it. You know, I can go even on my own stuff. I can go a week with not posting anything, two weeks because a I'm busy and I've got nothing of value to say. And then all of a sudden, you might hear from me like you know every day for a couple of days because I've got stuff to say. Yeah. Um, 
So just, yeah, weekly. Weekly, um, but be- make sure it's adding value and there is consistency. So you don't post one week and then don't show up for a few months, but you also right. don't suddenly just post three times a day, absolute yep. dross. Yep. Yeah, great. If you're, doing, if you're doing seasonal stuff, the recommendation is because of that longevity, mm-hmm. um, because it's more a search engine than a social platform, um, if you're doing seasonal stuff, you've got to give it some time to percolate okay. um, and to come up in searches and things like that. So, like I, I always used Pinterest a lot in the lead up to Halloween because um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm that, <laughs> I'm that creepy mum that'll turn like chicken fingers into like witchy, you know, um, witches oh, fingers. And, yeah. <laughs> or Christmas, you know, when you've got the teacher gifts to do and you want to do something handmade and yeah, uh, it's all right. I've had a lay down. I, I got over that one. Um, but <laughs> No, no, I did them for a few years. My daughter's older now. I'm done. Um, But, you know, that's when I would start looking for that would be in the lead up to that. So make sure that your seasonal stuff is out 30 to 45 days beforehand. Okay, Um, good. So pop that into your strategy and kind of go, well, I'm going to do something for Valentine's Day. You probably missed it. Yeah. Um, If you've got something that is, like say, you know, say, oh, great, the Swish Biscuits is awesome. You want like to promote your Love Heart Biscuits in time for Valentine's Day. You mm. could still do it, but that's going to cost you. Yeah. Um, that's going to have to be a promoted pin. Um, mm. And, I mean, it might like pay off because, again, her product is so beautifully aligned with Valentine's Day. Yeah. Someone want to send this to my husband, Swish Biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure he listens to the podcast, okay? <laughs> but you know what I mean like just try and be I mean and again it's like any any social media or content or anything like that don't do it unless it's it has a goal in mind unless it's strategic it's all well and good to say it's fun to post on insta and I'm sharing um and I'm connecting and I'm creating relationships and I'm nurturing like that's all well and good but at the end of the day it's a bit of bullshit because you know we are in business to make money and we need to be strategic about this post if it's in line with your goals and your mission and your values. Yes. I love how that. often someone tells you to do it. I'm not going to tell you how often to do it. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Perfect answer. I hope everyone's taken that on board because it doesn't just relate to Pinterest. Obviously, it just relates to your marketing full stop emails as well. Now, oh, for yeah, those of you that may well be sitting there like me and who would love to get your head around exactly how to use Pinterest to grow your leads, your sales and your income in your business. And the good news is that Connie is coming back for more. She's going to be running my next Shine Masterclass this month, which is February. And she's going to take us through how to stick a pin in it. It's a masterclass <laughs> of busy businesswomen who want to use Pinterest to grow their business. Now, during this fabulous masterclass, you can come and join us live or listen to the replay and you're going to learn the fundamental basics of using Pinterest in your business. You're going to understand the who, what, when, why, and where of it all. You're going to grab the five reasons you should have a Pinterest account for your business, discover the steps to creating a business account and kick-ass profile, and get the insider tips to kick things up a notch and avoid those costly mistakes. So if you would like to join us for that masterclass or listen to the recording, just head over to the show notes, which are at busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 53. Click on the link to shine. And right now you can join us for just a dollar if you've not been in shine before. So you can come and enjoy everything that shine has to offer, including Connie's masterclass, no strings attached. And we look forward to welcoming you into the tribe. Now, without further ado, now that I've, um, you know, 
forced you to run this masterclass for us and I'm super <laughs> excited. It's very self-serving. By the way, I didn't force her. I did ask and she did say yes and we're very excited about it. Uh, and let's talk productivity before we start wrapping up. Now, you're juggling a fair few balls. You are a mum, a business owner. You know, I'm sure there's loads going on in your life too. I'd love to know what strategies you use to manage your time well and be more productive. I'm still a work in progress. Um, As however, I, <laughs> I think the biggest one for me was setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's personally and professionally. Um, so I've had to kind of, yeah, set boundaries in place to say that I, I am a priority um, just as much as anybody else. And I then, and I would suggest everybody treat your physical and your mental health being um, your mental health as a priority. Um, and the way that I kind of got my head around that is, I don't know if you use online stuff. I'm a pen and paper girl, obviously. So on my, yeah, I mean, it's really good for you actually because it opens up the creative side of your brain. Mm. So I would always suggest doing a first strategy, to-do list, anything like that, piece of paper and a pen. doesn't have to be fancy stationery. My daughter steals all that anyway. I end up with the Kmart, you know, (laughs) notebooks. But write it down and write down in your diary or your to-do list or whatever, me. Okay, treat yourself as you would a client. Um, I will schedule time in my diary and say, right, that's, that is for me. And whether I sit and do mum admin, you know, especially this time of year, the emails from the school and the forms yeah. and all that sort of stuff, whether I need to set aside time to do that, to take that, you know, off my list mm. or whether I put down my business as a client as well, then it just prioritizes everything and sets boundaries and go, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. My clients pay me, but if I'm not healthy and I'm not organized and I'm not productive, then there is no business and exactly. you know I can't help them. So I have had to put boundaries in place to say, I am a priority. So I, it's not for everybody, but I get up very early and I go to the gym. Um, for my physical health, um, for my mental health, it's it's better for my mental health and I don't suffer as much anxiety and all of that sort of stuff when I'm physically active. Yeah. And it's me time. You know, mm-hmm. five o'clock in the morning is awesome. Like there's hardly anybody around and it's nice and quiet. And um, so I yeah, I do that. We've been talking earlier about intermittent fasting. I make sure that mm-hmm. I eat essentially I eat what I want to eat. Mm-hmm. Um I eat healthy most of the time, but at the same time, I'm not going to deny myself if I'm, you know, feeling like the other day I really wanted a Snickers bar. So I bloody had a Snickers bar. <laughs> and I wasn't, yes. and I wasn't, okay. I wasn't, yeah. you know, hungry and angry and all that sort of stuff. But again, it's like I, I don't treat food as a reward as such, um, but I make sure that my body is fueled so that I can, you know, keep going and I don't lose concentration. Yeah. Um, I have little apps that I use to help keep everything on track. Um, I try to be organized in my personal life in terms of batching shit up, right? Exactly the same advice I would use for content and for social media is, you know, in terms of batching stuff up. Um, I do that for meals. Um, So that at the end of the day, I mean, most of us, like we're you know, busy women, but most of us are moms as well. I mean, when it gets to that witching hour, I don't care how old your kids are. It's a freaking nightmare. So. If you've got food done and then all you've got to do is like throw together a salad or something or actually get them to do that because that's easy. Um, yeah. It just it just makes life that much easier and it's less stressful because my most hated thing, the guaranteed 
one question that will send my anxiety through the roof, will make me stressed, will make me pissed off, is that what's for dinner? Yep. Oh, there's so many nodding heads right now. Completely. <laughs> I can't do it. So I actually, I painted years ago um, the corner. <laughs> I was in so much trouble. Um, I painted blackboard on the end of one of our big cupboards in like yep. leading into our kitchen. And I will sit there and I will write out, you know, what's for dinner on what days. Great um, idea. So if, if they're not going to have input, that way too, don't bloody ask me. Go and look at yeah. the board. Yeah. Um, I mean, that board is my prerogative. I can change it if I want to. And you know, so it's like, oh, I thought we were having beef strong tonight and it's like pizza. I'm like, well, you know, I got pizza, so whatever. And <laughs> that's the thing too. Be kind to yourself. Do not, you know, if you need to order pizza, do it. Again, your mental yeah. health is much, much more important than scoffing a couple of pieces of pizza. Like really, well, I love that what you've brought up. You know, when I talk, when I've asked you about productivity, although you did mention you threw in there, there's a couple of apps that you use, but actually, your focus is really about what people perceive as looking after your personal life, right? But I think when it comes to being a small business owner, when we do wear so many hats and have juggling so many balls often, that if we don't look after ourselves first, our productivity is shot to pieces because suddenly, you know, you're not sleeping as much, you're stressed, you're anxious, you're not eating eating well, you're not exercising, all of those things will directly input impact how well you can work when you sit down to do your work in your business. And if you're not thinking like that, you need to shift your thinking because, yes. uh, you know, there can be guilt associated with having me time and self-care, but actually your business is probably going to cease to exist if you are running yourself into the ground. And that's the reality of it, right? You will be... Um you will be a better person. You will be a better mum. You will be a better partner. You will be a better, you know, friend, business person, just everything. If you take care of you, yeah. um, you know, my number one thing is turn off your freaking notifications. <laughs> like when you <laughs> like, feel like, I mean, that sounds ridiculous again, cause I'm a social media manager, but when I first started doing that, especially for myself, cause you're so anxious, like you, you know, take every client and you want to do such good work for them so that, you know, they refer you and you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and again, boundaries get stepped over. And when you start pulling back, I thought I had to be on 24 seven. Yeah. Um, and that's bullshit. Mm. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a paramedic. I never could be because I'm just not smart enough. Um, like quite honestly, no one is going to die if I don't see a Facebook notification for a couple of hours. Yeah. It's quite simple. Um, my clients know that if I'm online, it's they're, they're welcome to contact me. Um, if it's weekends or public holidays and things like that, even if, you know, if someone is bleeding, that's fine. Send me a text, right? Um, but t- I turned off all the, like, the ringer. Um, and very badly my phone sits because it has my alarm on it. It sits on the end of my bedside table, but the buzzing, I hadn't turned off the buzzing and stuff like that. And I was, (laughs) I was working with a client at the time and she has, you know, like 50,000 Facebook followers and that's great. But she had it set up that, um, an offer that she had, they had to message, send a Mm -hmm. message to the Facebook page to get this offer. So of course they're all doing it which yeah. is kind of okay until you kind of realize that her target audiences, the target audience are breastfeeding mums. Okay. So they're up scrolling Facebook oh, in the middle night. of the goddamn night. Yes. <laughs> and oh my God. A lot of her, and a lot of her audience is in the U S. 
So my phone was buzzing constantly. And so then I'm getting disturbed sleep. My husband's like getting disturbed sleep. Yeah. The dog has no clue what's going on. Um, so I just turned it all off. Um, and no, no one, one died. No one even noticed. Exactly. Look, I think we're completely addicted. Well, I it's not just I think there are studies that show we're completely addicted to the dopamine hit we get from that sense of urgency. And so it's become a habit that so many of us have not kicked, me included. I still have no, not, don't have notifications on my desktop, but I do on my phone. Uh, so I turn my phone over when I'm doing things like this. So I can't see it, but it's not that difficult to disable them, is it? So good on you. No. Because I also think in your industry, and I had this conversation with Amy Wyhoon from Sugar Pop Social, who ran a masterclass on Instagram for us. Um, and in your industry, for both of you, it's very easy to actually go the opposite and think that you've got to be on demand all of the time and you don't. So if you don't need to, the rest of us don't need to either. So thank you for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Good pep talk. Now, <laughs> as we've been talking about pinning stuff, I like to ask at the end of every podcast episode, is there a quote or mantra that's really inspired you over the years in your business that you can share with us? Or in the context of this podcast, one you would pin on Pinterest? Well, I would pin this on Pinterest. However, when you asked me this and I went looking, it gets a little jumbled about where it actually <laughs> came from originally. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the original kind of quote was, you can't be all things to all people. But then lots of people have tagged little bits and pieces on and I've kind of, and I think I've done the same thing. So I think mm -hmm. mine is um, I can't be all things to all people, but I can be all things to those people I choose. Ooh, I like it. Very deep for a Tuesday. Yes. But, no, I mean, this is the thing. I With niching and stuff like that, I mean, and again, I get it. When you first start out, you take every bloody client that comes your way um, because you're so desperate to make a go of it and be successful. But you will eventually get to the point where you go, these are my people um, yeah. and that is who I choose. And for them, I will be their go-to. I will respond to their emails and answer their questions and reply to their Facebook messages at 10 o'clock at night if I choose to. Yeah. Um, and I will be all things to those people I choose, but the rest of them, you can get stuffed. You're not my people. Yeah. The choose bit is so, so important. I yeah. love that. And you know what? I'm internally laughing my head off because if, this is the 53rd episode of the podcast we've done. And I think every single one of the other 52, somewhere along the line, the word niche has come up and I get all ranty pants. It's normally at the start. And I actually, I wasn't even aware of it that we hadn't yet mentioned the word, the N word. And <laughs> right at the end, niche in, and I'm so excited and thrilled because honestly, it's like such a game changer. And I love that you've got oh. that in your quote on mantra. So high five to you, Connie. Thank you. <laughs> as soon as you possibly can, as soon as you feel comfortable yep. um, and secure, you know, and, and every copywriter that you talk to, I mean, we have big conferences, piss ups, you know, once yep. a year or once every two years now. And niche is such a huge thing um, yeah. because you can't be, or you will like with us, with copywriting, we actually do so much research for every different client in different Ooh. industry that we work with. Um, and 
when we niche, we become specialists and we're actually saving our clients time and money because we are the go-to experts in that field. Yeah. Um, so as much as my niche sounds a little airy-fairy, um, I, I work in quite honestly a lot of my copywriting is this sort of an adult type you know, industry, whether that's birth or sex or, you know, all of that sort of stuff, which is kind of interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, wow, we need to do another podcast on all of that. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. To do like that is like a late night one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) A late night Facebook live in the Busy Business Facebook group coming to you soon. All right. I love to do our deep voices. Love it. It has been such a pleasure talking to you, Connie. Thank you so much. Uh, For our listeners, if you would like to get in contact with Connie and Fob... Fob? Follow. (laughs) Don't fob her off at all. Follow the fabulous work she's doing. All of her details are, as always, conveniently located in one place for you so you don't have to waste any time going and finding it all. So just head over to the show notes, which are at busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 53. You can also find Connie at integratedcopy.com and she is integrated copy across Facebook and Instagram also. Now, she also has a fabulous freebie that will help you kick up your content a notch or 10, I would say. If you head over to the show notes, you can grab her big, big power words for free. I downloaded it yesterday. I have it right here for those of you watching the YouTube. I genuinely have it. And it's given me so much juice for my Pinterest posts, my Instagram posts, all of my content marketing and my copywriting. So thank you, Connie. Go forth, listeners, and grab your freebie because it's really worth downloading. Before I let you go, is there anything you want to share with us or say before I adios all of our listeners? Well, no, I think we've covered everything. We've I mean, there's heaps of, well, I mean, we haven't covered everything because there's so much more in the masterclass. Yeah. So, and like they can do that for a dollar. I know. It's, so, it's, it's a crazy. flash sale. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but seriously, there's, there's so much more and we're going to go step by step through um, the whys and, and how to set it up really easy. I think that just don't be overwhelmed by it. I mean, that's particularly businesses get really overwhelmed with Pinterest because it is so different, mm. um, to the other social platforms. But I, th- I suppose if you take the social out of it and kind of go, you know, it's a search engine that might help. Yeah. Yes, I completely agree because when I read that, I was like, oh, something clicked in me of it all made sense then. Uh, and your tips today have been hugely helpful. So I'm going to get pinning, but I'm going to wait until I go gangbusters with it until the masterclass because stick I don't want to just, yeah, get the shiny sparkly syndrome. I want to do it properly and stick a pin in it properly. So a huge <laughs> thank you to you, lovely lady, for joining us. It's been very entertaining, super valuable. I really appreciate your time. Listeners, if you have enjoyed this episode, I would love you to leave Connie and I a review on iTunes, pretty please. And if you'd like to hang out with me some more, I'd love to see you over on the Facebook and Instagram. Head to Busy Business Women on all those platforms and you can find lots of biz building goodness over on my website at busybusinesswomen.biz. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. I will be back next week with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until then, I'm Faye Hollands. You've been listening to the wonderful Connie Baker from Integrated Copy on the Busy Business Women podcast. 